0: Are you now are now listening, listening, to listening to The War, the War Report. Report, Wednesday, Wednesday night. night War, War.
1: Room, with,
0: with your host, C-Done.
1: C-Done. It's your boy, the Walker. I got my boys with me. Mike, Mike. G, Get your weight up, strength and
2: conditioning, development.
0: Ice Jones.
2: Stop thinking with your
3: emotions and watch the
0: tape. And be, and be real. real. Which is not normal for me. It's taking something out of me. With special X. guests... X. J. J... G... Hate, Hate. Let's
1: go! War Eagle, War Eagle, War Ooh. Eagle... We are all here tonight... Welcome guys... Come on in this room... Come on in the war room... Smash um, the like button... Give us a room. War Eagle in the comments... Shout out your city... And do us something... We want to do something special tonight... Tonight... You know, we, we used to having a little over 200 people watching live with us. But, you know, I'm feeling like 300 tonight. What about you, fellas? Yeah, I feel go. good about that. We I, are feel, I feel, I feel I like we should, for JG, we need to get up for, to 300 people watching live. So do us a favor. If you're watching on Facebook, share this. Tag a friend. Just let everybody know we live. All that Share means. it across all platforms. Tweet let people know we in whatever here. Tweet it out. Do. Share yeah. it. Do your thing. Do the necessary. We're trying to get these numbers up. So, definitely do the necessary. Fellas, how we doing? Amazing, man. You know what I'm
3: saying? We've been getting our weight up out here. Kind of. Yeah, man.
4: (laughs) (laughs) JG, how you doing, sir? Man, it is great to be here with you guys tonight. It's my second time on the show, and I am fired up. Got my Maker's Mark Private Select from Charred Oak Spirits in Auburn, Alabama. 109.7 Okay. 109.7 proof, and I'm ready to go. Okay, all right.
1: That's nine Mike? Oh okay, Mike. so God. so Mike, oh, nice. what you got Seven. over there over uh, your right shoulder?
2: Uh, I'm drinking a little Blanton's uh single
3: barrel. I, I re- like I didn't know. Listen, we, we talked about this before we got on. I didn't realize we was doing it, and now y'all are like actually announcing what you're drinking and yeah. stuff. Mm. I feel like I need to run downstairs and go get a bottle.
2: Listen, listen. We got about two minutes. You should go get it. Uh this <laughs> this stuff is. $120 a bottle in D.C. So, um, so, you, so
3: you flexing on how much you spend on your No, I'm hoping that it's going <laughs> to give me some time. superpowers
2: or something tonight. Right, <laughs> right? Burner account What's up, <laughs> man?
3: We appreciate that right there. Sir. Hey, you my man,
2: Burner. Man. Auburn but Dad for Auburn. Al- Life joining the crew yeah, here. Auburn Dad for Life in the place. Appreciate we that very appreciate
1: much. Cleveland. Welcome, welcome, yeah. welcome. Yes,
2: Cleveland
3: Brown. Hell yeah, Cleveland we love Cleveland
4: Brown. He's the man. Yes.
2: Cleveland Rocks.
3: Yes. new Man
4: Cleveland in the house.
1: Cleveland Rocks.
2: So I uh so- JG, I hopped over to the bunker for a little bit.
4: Yeah, I had to go.
2: To chop it up with uh some of the fans over there. It was uh it was insightful.
4: Okay, did they know you were new?
2: Uh you know, I tried to be anonymous, it didn't last very long. Appreciate that, Kyle. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I, I yeah. think I think my name gave me away, but uh, <laughs> uh, it was uh, was kind of cool in there seeing we really do share a lot of the same listeners, right? You know, just people yeah. who are hungry for Auburn football content. They're getting it wherever they can. The bunker is a great source for that. So, you know, if you're looking for some additional engagement, highly recommend that you go over there and engage with those guys.
4: I feel like this show is a no BS zone. And uh, a lot of it's times insane. the things that are going on at our site are kind of no BS. So I can see how people would appreciate the values that you guys have. We got them too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Awesome.
3: Yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't participate, you know, in the the sunshine pumping over here. This is a <laughs> no sunshine pump zone. None of that.
1: Listen, listen, I know you guys are, are got your bourbon, you're flexing with your $125 bottle bourbons over here. But listen, my, y'all ain't ready for my guy. Bob Edwards, who's drinking a propel kiwi and strawberry. Yeah, it's you, Bob. I'm hydrated, my boy. Like, Bob. Bob. Like, Bob. I hear this, you, bro. It's a
3: little early, Bob. Slow down. All
1: right. <laughs> I'm over here. I'm over here, with my protein shaking a straw. You oh, know what I'm saying? There Real genius right. drink with a straw.
2: You can pull alcohol in anything.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Shout out to Auburn Dad again, man.
2: Appreciate yeah. you, buddy. Oh. Uh,
3: Not in uh, a coma after the praise of working on the farm fall- Okay. <laughs> we'll Listen, talk I, about
1: that. I have I have some things to say
2: about <laughs> I'm that about to tonight. Say, we know
3: we we know that we're gonna have to. <laughs> talk know about gonna all get that. I
2: was a little quiet on the last live cast because my braces were tearing up the inside of my mouth. But uh I put some. People were worried sp- about so. you too. Yeah. If you couldn't yeah. tell,
3: yeah. people in the comments were like, What's wrong with Mike G? Mike? Is he yeah, okay? Yeah. No, but I have some <laughs> things to say about that. So I so think yeah, they were trying to give you virtual hugs and everything, man. Hey, I appreciate that. I appreciate the community appreciate the energy of y'all you know looking out for my man mike because you know
1: yeah man so uh jg jg it's it's it's, listen it's 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 that time it's that time of the year man first spring in about two years uh brian harson and the coaching staff are are making their presence felt he did something unconventional this past saturday uh opened up practice to the public for the entire practice right uh What's your thoughts on that? You know, some people say, hey, it's a recruiting tactic, but you didn't have to do it. What are your thoughts on, on what Harson and staff has done so far in the spring? What are your initial thoughts?
4: I mean, on that particular thing, I mean, I think it's great that people can come out, the folks that want to go see that and, and see a practice. It's been, we were trying to calculate this yesterday. We think it's been since 2008 that Auburn's had an open practice. Uh, that's 13 years, yo. I mean, man. It's, that was a different era, I mean, honestly, back then. Yeah, so right. that's awesome yeah. that everybody gets a chance to see that. I do think, uh, c like you were saying, I do think it's a little bit of a recruiting tactic. That's the way the kids can get in there, the recruits can get in there, and the coaches can say, hey, man, we just put it out publicly. I mean, if they showed up, what can I do? Uh, you yeah. know, in this new era, you got to come up with what works. And uh, the thing is that Gus did the same thing in Central Florida. And you know right. Gus Malzahn does not want an open practice. But he did it because he kind of had to. That's what That's what everybody's doing.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 What are your thoughts about what you saw in practice? Is anything did anything stand out in your opinion?
4: I like the intensity, man. I like the intensity that was going down, um, and I like the fact that they had that that energy. I think Bert Watts was bringing that. Uh, one yeah. of the defensive coaches that they got from Memphis that we haven't talked a lot about, don't <laughs> know a lot about, but he's bringing that hype. The way that T. Will did, the way that Al Pogue did, bringing that into practice and just kind of being that guy that's full of energy. I was glad to see that. And then Harson just being. Man, he gets, he gets locked in. The thing I like most about Harson is on a practice field, he's tough and he's tight. But unlike Gus Malzahn and unlike a lot of other coaches, he can change that gear, man. And when he gets off the field, he's a, he, he talks differently. He's thinking differently. He's in different mode. I yeah. like that about mm-hmm. him. I like that about him a lot.
3: Yo, I saw some cut ups from uh, them doing some defensive line work, and they were just kind of practicing uh, stunts, right? Like how they would attack, you know, one gap, and then, you know, a guys going to loop around for those who don't know about the, how the defensive line stunts or work the little games they would do in up front. And man, I was just I, like, you said, when you talk about coaches having energy and the way that they're approaching it and going out there and really showing technique of how they were going to, you know, be attacking the gaps on the tackling dummies, I was like, okay. This I like this right here. I, I I like what they're doing. Like and they were being very specific, like, no, nah, no, that's not right. Like you need to do it like and really just getting with guys and showing them this is where your hands need to be. And this is kind of how your footwork needs to be when you're approaching the gap. I, I was loving seeing that stuff, man, because this is what the kids need at this level. They need someone to refine the technique and show them the things that they need to be doing fundamentally. Yeah, you got all the athletic talent in the world, but so does the guy on the other side. Like this is going to be in, you know, somebody who was a four or five star offensive linemen that you're going to be going against they're not just gonna let you walk through the gap just because you were fast and a four-star coming in here you need to do it right and they were out there getting after it and i liked it
4: yeah they're big on effort and it sounds like from talking to the players that they're big on specificity the stuff you were just talking about i mean you got to get that first foot forward not your left foot your right foot you got to lean this way or don't lean at all little things like that, man, to make a big difference when you're going up against 300 pound guys, like you mentioned, uh, the camps and eh, only go so far. Once you get out there on the field, it's about toughness, mental and physical.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you think, uh, JG, um, about what, co- what did competition feel like out there? Um, you know, I saw some, I saw some footage and quite honestly, a lot of the video that I saw looked very selective.
4: I, I wish you could shoot everything. I mean, there's just so much going on in a yep. practice like that. Harson wants it. There are a lot to be going on. At the same time, he loves this. He wants it to all be on one field. He wants everybody to have their spot on the field, and it's just going all the time, so it's tough to kind of see what's up. I mean, back when practice was open, when I was a younger reporter, I went into offensive, defensive line going at it. That, that was what my passion was, and I would, I would mark down every single uh, confrontation. So, like, you know, when you got a guard going against a tackle, Uh, defensive tackle guard, I'd write down the numbers and say who I thought won the rep. And I would sit there for 30 minutes, man, and just writing all that stuff down. I love it. That's the stuff I really like to see, and I was glad to see some of that going on. What You're talking about the competition. Jeremiah Wright, I think, is the story when you're talking about competition. A kid that was signed late as like a, eh, maybe he can play tackle someday, offensive tackle, I should say. And Put him on the defensive to D-line. line. Yeah, he converted yeah. D line yeah. last year. Got some snaps. I think he got maybe fifty to seventy snaps for the season. But man, they're giving him a shot. They're saying, I don't care if he had fifty snaps, play football. Let's do it. Right. Right. And man, he right. was running with the first team the other day. That's huge.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, that's you know something that we've been talking about was the um, with with the new staff. They're not coming in here. With a ton of preconceived notions, I do think that there's a little bit of, you know, OK, well, you got a lot of you've got a lot of experience. Let's see what you can do. And I'm going to give you the first bite of the apple. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to let you devour the whole thing. Somebody else is going to get a shot to get in here and see what they can do as well. That's evidence even in the quarterback competition and the fact that, uh, you know, the walk on kid. Is supposedly the guy who was getting a lot. Trey of, Lindsay. Uh, Yeah, Trey Lindsey was the one who was getting a lot of the opportunities at, at practice, right? So it's not just, you know, you're on scholarship, right? Your scholarship doesn't mean anything about playing time, right? It means who's right. going to go out here and give me the effort and do what I want to see on a consistent basis. Um, so yeah, uh, Mike said this over and over again. I don't think anybody's job is safe. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably get into the specifics of some of that in a minute, but um, I definitely think they're coming into this not deciding before they see the effort on the field who's going to get the playing time
4: i think so, that's the right way to do it man that way every yeah. kid out there is hungry and knowing that he's going to get some run if he earns it right that's the way you want
3: yeah it. yeah yeah and, and that yeah. means everybody's got to bring it every single day right because my job isn't safe and if my effort isn't there then all right i'm going to sit down because somebody else is right behind me ready to take my spot
1: so and what you- that sets up for is these scrimmages are going to be war yeah like these oh, are gonna yeah. be some intense scrimmages if you if you know that i all i got to do is beat this guy to the left and to the right of me to get this get this 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 spot it's on so I, yeah. i'm i'm just eager to hear what comes out of these scrimmages as a result of that
4: hey mike yeah. g what did you think about uh dd coming in at 510 was it a little shorter than you thought man
2: uh you know what uh not surprised they always embellish on the height for some reason i don't know man it's like you know don't lie about the height. They're going to see how, how tall you are anyway, right? Like, I don't understand the line about the height. But um, I'll tell you what I did think was I heard a lot made of winter workouts. Um, and, you know, um, it seems, again, it seems like the information put in, being put out right now is very selective. Now, I heard a lot about some workout warriors during these spring workouts, but nobody was talking about Demetrius Davis hand-cleaning. Three hundred and fifteen pounds and squatting four thirty in winter workouts. Right, is that a lot of dudes of, hitting PRs, man? Either. Right now, so I'm gonna take this opportunity because we uh, we got real alcohol tonight um, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> talk about strength and conditioning for just a second. Uh, if right. you have not heard, get ready, Jay. You ready? All <laughs> right, he, he already knows. <laughs> there you go, now. my man. Uh, our next interview is with oh, the yeah. one, the only, the great. Kevin Yoxel. That's a real deal. That's that's, that's a, happening. It
3: happens. No. Yeah, it's
2: it's it's it's
1: coming. It's so, coming. <laughs> in case you don't
3: know,
2: uh Coach Yox has looked like this for like 30 years. He has not <laughs> aged a bit, man. He is every bit of his former self. Um we had a great talk with him about uh, you know, his time at Auburn and, you know, he was I was I was really taken back by how humble he was. And the role that he played, and a lot of these yeah. players' success, because yeah. when we interview players, they all credit him, you know, for a lot of their maturation process and, and how they were able to to move ahead in their careers. Uh, so, you know, in in line with that, this spring, right, this spring period was about workouts leading up to spring practice, and you got seven weeks, man, you got seven weeks to get your body into a certain type of shape so that you can practice. They'll change the workout routines while they're practicing. Um, and then they have a summer to do it all again before fall camp. So we heard some things. We had the uh, Auburn... Uh, I got I to gotta take this time to shout out the Auburn social media machine has been on fire the last few weeks with these hype videos that are coming yeah, out. Harson sure. is out there with the players, right? You know, he got getting up at 5 a.m. And, and working out and things that just had me going. So, you know going into spring practice, I'm looking for the manifestation of these workouts that they say that are going on. Um, And uh, it it seems like there's a lot of competition around the field, but you know, one one place I have to disagree with you guys just based on what they're saying is it it doesn't sound like we have much of a competition going on at quarterback.
3: So here's my thing. mm -hmm. I'm I'm on record as saying that I thought Bo Nix was going to be the starter to begin the season. Um, But the reason why I still think that there is an active competition is because we haven't gotten into scrimmages yet. Right. So, like, right. Yeah. He's going to get, again, the first bite at the apple. But I think that once you get into when when it's even though it's not going to be live rounds firing. Right. Like he's going to still have a no contact jersey on and all that kind of thing. But, um, you know, if he goes out there in a scrimmage and he throws a couple picks or he gets a couple of balls batted down because he's not having the placement right. I, I, I mean I think that that leaves the door wide open for somebody else to step in and do what they're supposed to do, right? Like mm-hmm. it's I think that it's still too early in the process to say he's got it locked up. He's the clear front runner, right? Like I just don't know that anybody can say with confidence that Bo Nix is not the clear front runner right now. I but believe that, that after mean. listening to the coaches. No, I'm, I I've I always believed that. But here's the yeah. thing: I don't think right. that just because you're the front runner means that you close in first, right? Like. Yeah, that's just not. I
2: I think that there's still a ton
3: of. It's not a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, It's not a
1: foregone conclusion.
2: Yeah. 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 uh, Again, the verbiage that they're using is very peculiar to me if you're trying to sell (laughs) that there's an actual competition going on. Well, I don't know that it's necessary to sell the competition. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, right. It's it's necessary to sell the competition
3: out to the public. Not Not to the bus. bus. Yeah,
4: Yeah. right. Yeah. I don't
2: don't think it needs to be
3: sold to the public. The players are the ones that need to know. So here's the thing. Right. If you're screwing up in practice and somebody yanks you out and puts somebody else in with the first team, you know the competition is on. Right. So like what they say to the media and what's happening
2: in practice can be very different things. Yeah, you I, just don't, say I, don't see the, I don't see the need to be duplicitous, though, right? You can, if you have, you got a competition going on. I don't sell see a the need to, to talk about the competition. Why,
3: why, so why, so here's so the thing. So then why, why
2: say what you're saying right now, then? Why feed the
3: narrative that a lot of people want, which is Bo Nix's job might be in danger. Like, why don't, feed don't feed anything. Don't feed anything, then. That's not feeding anything. You're, t- you're inferring things from what's being said about Bo Nix. He didn't say with any. He has not said anything definitive about Bo Nix's space in in the rotation. He said that there's a pecking order right now, and this is what it is. But that's not what we're doing as a you know uh, lineup, right? Yeah, right. I mean, I thought that until I heard.
1: But from again, Bobo. that's an,
3: that's an inference. Bobo. Bobo didn't say anything definitive. Okay. talked they Great. asked him a question. He answered a question. That's it. Now, again, I don't disagree with what you've inferred. I'm saying that he didn't say it so he didn't feed anything he just didn't feed into either narrative he just said yeah he looks good I can see him doing
2: XYZ you want him to trash the kid no no I, I don't think that you need to do either right I mean we're three games into practice or four four or five practices in right you have not even had your first scrimmage yet right right so again it it, it just seems like to me inference or not I don't I mean you're you're talking about uh, the public is not stupid right like so if you, you get out there, and you're saying some <laughs> things, but you're not saying other things. I just don't, don't say anything at all until we've had our first scrimmage until somebody has actually separated themselves. So they from, ask you a question about Bodix, You say what? You say, you know what? Everybody's competing right now. We've got a scrimmage on Saturday. We'll see how things shake out. And then the That's Auburn Media Wire see. is
0: alive and thriving like oh we got a a QB controversy
3: Bo's gonna gonna lose his job and what they don't want to do if you had heard Bobo go out there and say what you just said you'd be like you'd be on here right now talking about we got an active QB competition that's not a controversy though hold on hold on guys guys.
1: hold on guys hold on guys JG knows Bobo said that what would JG say Back to you, JG. That's uh, a good question. I, what would you take from
4: me? I think this is a foregone conclusion. I respect what you guys are saying, Mike G in particular, but I, I think it's a foregone conclusion. And they're just saying what they got to say. I mean, they're competing. And I, 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 Bobo was saying the other day that he wants to get D in a position where he can compete in the fall. I mean, he can't right. compete right now. Right. He just right. doesn't have the experience. but. The fall, I, yeah, I want to see him be able to carve out a niche. I'd love to see that. I love DD too. I think he's going to be a, a very dynamic player, and I don't care that he's 5'10 because he's got other things that can compensate for that. He's very, yeah. very quick, and he's a great runner with the football, and yeah. he's got a good arm. But, right. you know, he's not going to be a traditional pocket passer, and he never was, and he was never supposed to be. So, I, I understand there's just kind of this general malaise about Bo because he didn't really take a step forward last year. In fact, I would argue he took a step back. But for me, this is just me talking. I think the whole Gus thing just got to him and ate him up, man. And I think these fresh ideas, they're going to be able to get a lot more mileage out of him. And I fully expect him to be the quarterback.
0: All right. So, um, I mean, JG, we know how much it hurts Mike with the idea (laughs) that it may be a foregone conclusion. But based on what you've seen so far, uh, JG, with a little bit of reps that the other QBs have gotten, what other QB outside of Bo? has raised
3: drive eyebrow the most.
4: I mean, yeah, I give Trey Lindsey some ups. I mean, he's been out there competing and that's a name that I wasn't paying much attention to.
3: Let, let me say this. I have to 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 step back off of my Trey Lindsey bashing that I was doing the other day on the live because I was like, oh man, he was so inaccurate. It was actually Sawyer Pate. I had the numbers mixed up. Sawyer Pate was the one out there Airmailing uh, balls all over the place yep. in the drills that I saw. So yeah, didn't uh, I, like gi- I got to give Trey Lindsay some reprieve. He w- he didn't look as bad, uh, he still had some issues with some yeah. stuff. But he's look. He's a walk on. He's out there battling, and I I think I like that. I still, I'm still I still
2: I got still got to go back to Shea Garnett. He looked good to me. Yeah, so. his release looks really good. Uh, as a matter of fact, he looked like he had the purest release out of all the quarterbacks out there. Just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was smooth. He was on target. Uh, they were doing. They they filmed the drill where uh, they dropped the. the the ball right in front of the quarterback. They catch, turn, right, and deliver a football, man. And he was throwing strikes right at the neck of the guy, barely had to move his hands, catch it, right? So um, uh, I I was impressed with some of uh, what I saw. Um, I think probably one of the most important things that's come out of this is, is that I had a different thought process going into these practices, but after listening to the coaches, I do think it's a foregone conclusion that Bo is going to start the season. How, he, how they finish is, is something else. And they can go out there and say whatever they want. But, man, the way they've treated these first few practices, it doesn't seem like there's much of an open competition to me. Um, but what I was happy to hear from Bo is, is that he is at least aware that his fundamentals are an issue and his pocket presence. And it seems like he's at least been given the feedback that he needs to start the improvement process if he is going to be the starter from game one. You know, and that was the thing that was encouraging to me. So if he's going to make this journey, becoming aware of your issues and acknowledging them is like the first step, you know, uh, because you can. And I think under the previous coach, he was living in a little bit of denial. Now you cannot deny these things because these coaches aren't just going to overlook that. They're just right. not right. Uh, and, and I thought I thought it was important for him to get out in front of the media and say, I acknowledge that I need to work Ooh. on these things because there's a whole contingent of fans out here who think that the offensive line is all of his issue. Fix the offensive line and you fix both. And I'm like, no, man, he has a whole host of issues that have nothing to do with the offensive line. Right? Uh, and th- there are things that he can work on that will improve his game dramatically. Regardless, not Not regardless as if the offensive line has no improvement to make, but... You know, in spite of how they play, there are still some things that you can do better because a lot of people like to talk about how the offensive line helps the quarterback. But but we don't talk enough about how a quarterback can help a struggling offensive line. You know, we talked to King Dunlap. He he blocked for Michael Vick. He talked about how hard it was to block for a guy that you never knew where he was going to be. While you're trying to maintain a clean pocket and he's running all over the place. And what do you see in those situations? You see a lot of holding calls. You see a lot of guys just struggling. A lot of big guys struggling, running all around trying to block for this guy that runs all over the place, you know. And so, staying drifting out of the pressure and staying into the pocket and helping your guys protect you is going to be super important. If the offensive line is also going to take a step this fall, you know. And it seems like Bobo, who you know, he I think he favors pocket passers.
1: I think that's fair to say, right? For the most part, yeah. I mean, DJ Shockley was the only mobile QB he yeah. ever coached. I think you know of noteworthy, but yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I think that he.
2: I think that he is going to stress in Harper. I don't think he's going to accept this bailout to the right every time. I feel well, a little listen, bit of pressure. I don't think he's going to accept. You that You have at all. to play the position from
3: the pocket, right? Like regardless of what your athleticism is, the uh, the people who play the position well with some longevity are the people who play it from the pocket. Now, the the guys who have the ability to escape and can use that in 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 ways where the play breaks down, those guys are you know. Your your Aaron like Aaron Rodgers is probably the prototype of that where it's just Aaron just like, so elusive, but he's still so freaking accurate regardless of whether he's moving in the pocket <laughs> outside of the pocket. Patrick Mahomes is just a whole other level of that where it's just like his he it, it, it doesn't matter it's, what platform he's throwing from he's gonna be accurate right and so that there are people who who hope to be um that kind of quarterback just because they're athletic but what you end up getting is a bunch of Jamarcus Russell's right, right. <laughs> Where, you know wow listen it is what it is Jamarcus Russell's super athletic kid he can't he, he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn consistently first round draft pick right because Listen, he had he had the size and the strength and everybody's like oh he's gonna be he had an arm you know, he had an incredible arm but yeah right. they the thought he was gonna arm. be out there throwing cannons and he you know it's like yeah he does have a big arm but he can't target anything with it yeah,
4: yeah. i don't hey. i don't think his problem was that i think it well, was I mean, probably he, he, he
3: didn't he didn't study the playbook every he
4: day, didn't but, take it seriously yeah yeah. like yeah. his, his athletic, but husky. see, that's
3: that's part of the problem though it's like your work ethic has to translate in a lot of different ways. And Jamarcus Russell's lack of work ethic came out in his inability to understand what they were trying to do against him defensively and understand the playbook. Um, right now, again, not to bash the kid, but right now the work ethic that Bo needs to be putting in isn't just in lifting weights, right? Like we know he's a workout warrior. Yeah. Can you understand the fundamentals of playing the position from the pocket? If he can figure that out and he can put it
2: together with all the God given gifts, See You know, sky's the limit, but we just yeah. got to see that. Right. Inst- instincts. You're talking about changing instincts. And the only way to do that is with a ton of reps. Right. right? You know, instinctually, if you're going to change what you do when you you your mind is under duress, you just have to rep it under duress. That's what every player has is, is told us. Uh, JG, we got a question for you here. Um, Wesley wants to know, what are your thoughts on the O-line? Right? Like, what's going on? What do you see there?
4: Yeah, still have some concerns. We talked last time I was on the show that I didn't like their uh, options at tackle. And they're trying to sell us on Brendan Coffey getting better Mm -hmm. and bigger. And I'm just not feeling it. I mean, I want to see that until I believe that. And Alec Jackson, to me, is better as a guard. I think that's what he's going to play this year. uh, What we've heard about Killian Zier is not great. Um, About him being ready. About him being strong. I still, it doesn't sound like they really want to go out and get a grad transfer offensive tackle, which is, I thought would be their number one priority. I don't think they're going to even go that route. I think they're going to try to let Will Friend get into this next class of high school kids and try to clean up, try to get three or four guys, four stars, five stars, maybe high threes or whatever, and just replenish it that way. So I found that interesting. Um, I'm of the opinion that if that offensive line doesn't take a step forward in the pass pro, I, I, I just wonder how much better. Bo is going to be, but in my opinion, I think this is all going to come down to tank Bigsby being a badass. Uh, this offensive line can run block. They did a, some of that last year and I think they will be even better. And I think they're going to end up getting this kid from Vanderbilt. And I think it's going to be him and tank and, and Shivers going at it. I think it's gonna be a run offense.
2: Yeah. I think that better play calling is going to help yes. both, both Bo and the offensive line quite a bit. Right. So, um, you know, we, I uh, Ike and I were talking off camera this week, uh, about football, um, I wake up around 8 a.m. every morning. I call Ike uh, around 7 a.m. his time. He says, I'm still sleeping. I said, too bad. <laughs> I want to talk football. And, um, uh, you know, we started talking about average time to throw, right? Yeah. You know, last season, Bo had about 2.8 seconds on average to throw the ball, right? Uh, for comparison's sake, Trask had about 2.6. Um, Mac Jones, a little less than that. Now, some of that was actually by design because... Alabama and Florida play calling actually got the ball out of their QBs hands a lot faster, right? Um, Trask's O-line was trash, and they were one-dimensional. You know, so they had to get the ball out of his hands quick. You know, accuracy helped him when they had to do that. So they called plays that got the the ball out of his hands, and then he hit receivers when he had the chance. I think that you're going to see Bobo try a little bit more of that um, uh, to help cover this offensive line if they don't take any significant steps forward this season. Um but we have to start to scheme around our deficiencies, right? So like Yes, that you know, seems yeah. basic,
4: Mike Gee, It seems right. like you would does. just do that. But Gus didn't do that. Yeah. He uh-huh. kept trying to say, I've got my ideas, we'll make the team fit my ideas right. instead of the inverse, which is what you're talking about.
3: Right. Yeah. I right. um we, we tomorrow we've got chop it up with a pro with uh Jeff Devin Jeff. Aroma should do. And uh, I was just I did some cut ups of some wide receiver stuff, right? And uh, I was I was I did cut ups from the LSU game and I'm sitting here looking at the play design on it's. It was like a second and five. And every single route there was it was a three man route combination. Every single one of those routes was 15 yards or more. And I was just like, why? This makes absolute it's second and five. I'm not saying don't take a shot, but if it's not there. You have to have something under. You have to have something that's a safety valve for your quarterback to just okay. We're gonna stay ahead of the chains. Maybe we only pick up two or three yards by dumping it down to a back here or something like. But it just wasn't even in the design of the play. I was right. I was just like this is this is infuriating watching this. I don't even understand who designed this play and why in the scenario of second and five this was a good time to call it. Right. It's not like we were losing the game and we needed to pick up a bunch of chunk. Y'all. It was just it
2: it. I I was I was. That's frustrating. Watching the yeah, the play the pick was very underwhelming, for
3: sure. Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with the War Report, and you've been listening to the War Report Wednesday night War Room. If you want to get in on the conversation early, catch us as we broadcast this show live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you check out our other content while you're there: Facts and All, the Weekend Tailgate, our player interview series, Building Report, Going Strong. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the show.
1: Uh, JG, we got a comment here. I just want to use this as like an opportunity to kind of ask you about tight ends. Uh, Lemory's Nalls talked about, you know, leaning on the tight ends with us having inexperienced wide receivers. You know, we think we're going to have some breakout guys, but what do you think about the tight ends uh, going into spring? What are your thoughts? Who, who's standing out to you? Who, who would you like to see take the next step?
4: Well, I mean, You know, Mike G loves strength and conditioning, and I love Brandon Frazier. That's how I feel about that kid. I think he's going to be an absolute stud. And I kept thinking that all last year, and then he was hurt, and then, you know, Gus. I don't know about tight ends. I think this team's going to run two tight ends. I think he's going to get a chance. Yes, I do. I'm with you completely on that. So I think Brandon's going to have a chance to break out. I think Fromm's going to be somebody that has a chance. To me, Luke Deal's more of a blocker than a playmaker. Yeah. Right. But I, I like those, too. I like Fromm, and I like uh, Brendan Frazier, and I think both of those guys are going to have an opportunity to catch balls, to make plays in space, and, and, to, and to have an effect on this offense, which they never had a chance to do under Gus. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think so, too. Uh, now, what about fan favorite? You know, people love J.J. Begeese. Uh, what are my, your thoughts about my head. guy.
4: Well, they, they want to use him, and they seem committed. Bubbo seems committed to finding something for him to do because, you know, he can do a lot of different stuff. Right. I, I don't... Tight end, I don't know about. To me, he's like... Uh, uh, like one of uh, there was a big guy for the Chargers maybe fifteen years ago was it was it Butts or Natron Means or something like that? Just a big old dude that could just bowl people mm-hmm. over. I mean Jerome Bettis wasn't quite that big and he wasn't three hundred pounds, but right. just a punishing back. I think he could be better at that than at tight end myself. Right, he will knock a man out.
3: I'd, I'd love to see him play in a fullback type of position because he's a great blocker at the point of attack. Um, if you what's the what's the uh the one uh, that uh. They they love to do on the QB school the uh, spider two Y banana basically it's a, a fake the dive and then the the uh, fullback sneaks out into mm-hmm. the flat oh yeah I'd love to see him listen man JJ Pugice in the open field that's f- not that's not something <laughs> a cornerback wants to see coming at him no, with full speed. That was no. Just, it was that's just it's a worst nightmare that's that's I mean you got to think he's probably two to three times the guy's size and has speed and agility it's just that's a nightmare man so. Yeah, I, I think we need to find ways to get him out in open space, but definitely utilize because he he's a very willing blocker. We saw that last year. He's annihilating guys um, in, in the blocking scheme, um, but you, you got to find ways to use him. So hopefully they do.
4: I think he's he's got a, he's got a spot. I mean, he's just such an athlete, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, listen, uh, we're we're at 248, almost almost at that three hundred. So if you on yeah. listen, If you listen to us watching this by Facebook. Share it. Tag people. Share this on, on all social medias. We want we want eyes on this live show here. Let's let's go ahead and get back to some of these questions, man. I appreciate y'all in the comments. We're trying to get to some of these questions as best we can, but the conversation is getting good. So we just got to let it do what it do. CM. Yeah, talk defense, man. What's the likelihood of, of Miller coming in in the summer and actually beating out uh, one of our current cornerbacks? So there's also been some movement around in the cornerbacks as well. So if he does beat out, who do you see him beating out?
4: Yeah, that's the trick. I mean, it sounds like Roger's been having a hell of a camp so far, and he's made a great mm-hmm. impression with his coaching staff. So right. McCreary, to me, he's got a spot. And I love Jalen on the other side, and they've been pretty complimentary of him. So I think that Jalen's got Jalen Simpson, of course, has a chance to lock that other one down. But they kept saying, uh, uh, uh the guy from Vandy, um, uh, Mason was saying the other day, yeah, I might have six cornerbacks that I feel like I can start, and I'm going to find a way to get all of those guys involved in what we're doing because I got to have my best players on the field. I don't care if they're safeties or they cornerbacks or whatever. So, Adresha Miller is going to be a guy to keep a really close eye on when they get going in the fall. I just don't know. I, I have a hard time seeing him breaking into the starting lineup. So, for me, I'm going to go with Jalen Simpson and Roger, and we'll figure out how he's going to get four more cornerbacks on the field.
3: Yeah, I, yeah, I like I mean, the fact it, that he's moving Tennyson to the safety spot. I think that's is. a yeah. good fit for him.
4: And then um, is going to play nickel, it sounds like. Yeah. So, there's one cornerback out, but a kid can hit now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
4: What are your thoughts about
1: Mason? Um, he he. We got a chance to kind of hear him talk to the press. You you were actually able to ask him a question. What are your thoughts from hearing him? Man, he uh, the likability factor with this guy is through the roof. Um, yeah, I, and he I really seems like incredibly him. knowledgeable.
4: Yes, he's very knowledgeable. I thought it was interesting that he said the other day I was pretty much going to go to the NFL. That his plan when he got mm-hmm. fired from Vander was to go to the NFL, and it just kind of happened that Harson popped up, and he really liked what he had to, what he had to hear from him. And just ended up going to Auburn because he felt like that was a really good fit for him. I thought that was interesting. He was thinking about the NFL for sure. Um, I think this is the best hire that Harson made. Uh, There's been a lot of good ones. A lot of guys I'm very complimentary of, particularly Zach Etheridge and Cornelius Williams. But uh, I think that getting Derek Mason to be the defensive coordinator here was a home run hire in the true definition of it. I think his defense is going to be salty. I think it's going to make a lot of sense. I think it's going to be variable in a really intelligent way. And I think it's going to be functional. I think they're going to be good. And I don't know how long they're going to be able to keep him, but he's going to do a hell of a job. I'm pretty sure <laughs> they love they love fighting for him. And he's always been a guy that inspires a lot right. of effort. Even at Vanderbilt, he did right, that. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, it's going to be great for them.
1: Listen, Mason. I don't I don't know if you if you're familiar with uh, the card game Spades, but Mason looks like he's holding like eight to ten spades <laughs> just by how he's talking about this defense, man. Uh, yeah. he, he 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 looked excited to me. He's never well, he seen a, this much talent. Never. He's got a lot of pieces. I mean, it's truth.
4: I got some yeah, questions. Maybe, maybe defensive from the attack.
1: Stanford days.
3: Uh, I don't know, Ish. but yeah, it's it's, it's definitely Not like it's Definitely, probably. Uh, well, I say definitely, probably. It's an upgrade from what he had at Vanderbilt last year. For so sure. he's probably like, For oh sure. man, what? Like all these guys can run, and they're strong. What am I supposed to do with all of this? Uh, so it's it's definitely a position. And and I and what you said. Uh, I think he is salivating over the fact that people are interchangeable. So it's just like, okay, Mm -hmm. I can plug a guy in here. I can do this. I can get very creative with the schemes. Uh, It's something that that Mike and I, again, we talk a lot off cam. So something that I think is going to be very kind of new wave, how you get into this positionless basketball that's happening over in the NBA. Yeah, Uh, Like a positionless type of, backs end right where it's just like you know safety corner. like we can just do a bunch of stuff have people flying around you've got a guy who plays down in the box it's almost like a linebacker but he's not you know he's really a safety and they're just going to be able to do a bunch of stuff really rapidly and not have to change personnel but they can adapt to whatever the offense is throwing at them and be very multiple in the way that they want to attack defense I mean, offenses so we
2: got we got a request here
1: yes we do we do all right jg we, we 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 need we, we need a gut We You did one a little earlier, but we need you to really give us yeah. one of your best ones. I Dick mean, you
4: know, the play calling's been tough. I mean, there's a lot of adversity out there. I mean, we've lost to Georgia seven years in a row. There's a lot of adversity out there. So <laughs> come on now. you got to get up there and fight. Come on now. That's the best thing to do, Derek. I appreciate you. Oh,
1: man. <laughs> That's so good.
4: Yeah, That's it's it's, it's classic. We well. really
0: did lose to Georgia seven straight years.
2: <laughs> it's so like embarrassing, 70. man. Is that
1: really? That's
4: no, not that's we, not beat, right. we beat him in
2: 2017.
4: Yeah, yeah he, he got one.
2: Yeah. He got, yeah, one. He got, he
4: got right, one. Right and before
0: carrying, on. And, and then he got canceled out right after, two weeks later. Right. right. Undone. Right. Facts.
1: Right.
4: Yeah. So, Somebody so, had a great question on here, and I, I, I lost it. Unfortunately, I saw what Derek was asking, but there was a great question before that. Oh, uh, Lamori said, Mark my word, defense will carry this year's team. I agree 100%. Agree 100%. I hope 100%. not. Yeah. I, hope not. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You, you think Harson, offense guy, Bobo, I'm so story. I just think
3: it's going to take a while for Harson to get his guys in there and understanding what he wants to do scheme-wise and then just getting the right fits at certain positions. I just think it's going to take a little bit longer for the offense to be able to adapt to what they need to do as opposed yeah. to the defense who who can go out there and fly around a little bit. And they're already super t- like the defense is already coming in with a ton of guys with a ton of talent um That kind of understand, like you talk about the linebacker core, you talk about that secondary, like mm-hmm. there's just not really a ton of weak links in any of those groups. Yeah. They're just guys who are out there who are football players and they're going to go out there and wreak havoc. Um, the defensive line, though, we've got a ton of depth there. I think that might be make if we if we talk about anything for me that. There's a lot of question marks. So if you don't know who's going to play and how they're going to adapt to scheme changes, it may be the defensive line, but I mean, you still got a bunch of dudes up there too. So I don't know, man, it's going to be interesting to see how they, they work through this stuff.
4: I think it's going to be like the giants from the early nineties, man, where they run the football and they play defense. I think that's what they're going to be doing this year. Uh, it's not going to be particularly inventive, but I bet they're going to be a little more successful than people realize just as a team.
2: Yeah. yeah. Win eight games. They'll do, they'll, they're going to do whatever it takes to win eight games. Right. And, I and, think, and, offensively.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry, Mike. Go
2: ahead. Uh, I mean, that's it. I just, I just think that uh, you will see, depending on what happens at quarterback, um, it'll tell us a lot about whether they go into conservation mode for the rest of the season. So um, you've got, you've got four games to figure it out with a road test in there that tells us if we're going to get good bow or bad bow on the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hate to say it it. like that, but it's just what that's been the story of his first two years, right? Is good bow at home, bad bow on the road. So um, we got a road test at Penn State um, that'll tell you a lot about how he's going to do under adversity, because I do believe he's, we're going to start the season with him. And then, you know, uh, based on how they feel about the guys backing him up, I'll be interested to see who wins that backup job. Right. You know, whether it's the safe, you know, safe kind of pick for the backup job. You know, I thought that was the only reason that Lloyd was in the running, because you don't expect to have to play him. You know, I just, you know, he's got one year left. I I, I didn't see why Lloyd would be a serious option unless he's going to win the job and, and get you 10 wins this season. Other than that, you know, no offense to Grant, but I don't want to see you, man. I want to see the future. So that being said, who's left? You got Garnett and you got Davis. And then maybe Trey Lindsey has inserted himself into the conversation here. So the person that wins the, the, the backup job will tell you a lot about what they think and where they think the season will go.
4: Yeah, I, right, I don't, I don't know about that. I yeah. think there's going to be different solutions. So, like, if Bo were to get knocked out for the rest of the season with eight games right. to go, I think that's a different choice than if Bo's got a sprained ankle and it's one game. You see what I'm saying? Right. Eight games to go, right. I bet it ends up being Didi, in my opinion. One game, Grant Lloyd.
2: Yeah, I hope that's so. That's what I think is going to happen. But 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 that's my, that's my point about who wins the second job. If Didi doesn't win it, Right? What does that tell you about if you and you feel like you have to pull Bo going into SEC play four games in? What does the backup tell you? What does that tell you, JG? Like,
4: I'll be surprised if Dede's the backup going into the first SEC game. I, I mean, I just right. think it's a long way to go, and, yeah. and I like him as much as you do, but I just think it's a long way to go. And and also, not necessarily speaking of that, but there's been a lot of spring heroes through the years. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's true. So let's not get yeah. carried away with Trey Lindsay just yet. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah and and, and, and but was that a product of, of Gus, though? Because Gus was notorious for letting people shine in spring and <laughs> burying those guys come fall camp.
2: Yeah, we hear all about this guys It's the great, greatest next thing, and then doesn't yeah. see the feel for the rest of the year.
4: There's no yeah. doubt. It's pretty tough, though. It's pretty <laughs> tough. Listen, I want,
3: I want to go back to defense here. I see uh, TD Moultrie living up to the expectations as an edge rusher overshoot uh, for making a play. Uh, man. Yeah, TD... <sighs> I hope so, man. I just, you know, like listen, the the thing about T D is never been talent. Again, this is another kid whose talent's never been questioned for the guy. Uh it's just his discipline on the field. He just he stop jumping off sides and getting penalties and put yourself in a position to be able to play more consistently. You stay out of the doghouse. Um, do I think that he's gonna be able to do that now? I don't know. Like I just I listen, he's had years of this same thing. Am I supposed to believe in one? Summer, I mean, one, one off season, he's supposed to turn the corner on that. That's yet to be seen. Um, right. Yeah. I, I don't – the reason why I'm a little bit lower on the I don't know scale for a guy like TD Moultrie is because I don't doubt what the defensive staff has been doing over the years to develop players. You can see that evidenced by how many people we're putting into the NFL, right? Right. So right. I don't think that he hasn't been getting tutelage. I just don't know that he's been taking to it well. And he's definitely been playing out of position. Um right. So – Is shifting back to a more natural position going to make him a better player or more disciplined player? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that.
1: So what 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 are your thoughts on because Mason, he spoke very well about his assistants and he he loved the idea or the fact that he's on staff with two other defensive coordinators and how how those guys are helping him to be very creative defensively with the talent that they have. What are your thoughts about that?
4: Yeah, he's fired up by the staff, man. Um, Schmetting is someone that was kind of pushed on him in the sense that he came over from Boise, but I think that Derek's gotten along with him really well. It's a good mix of young and old. I mean, you got Zach working with him on the back end, young guy. Well, I guess Zach's, yeah, fairly young. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then he's got an older guy, on at Nick Easton, on his defensive line who's an older guy. I mean, he's younger than me, but, you know, he's, he's been around a long time, particularly in the NFL. So it's, it's a nice mix of, of guys. And got Burt Watts with him, a guy who's got a lot of experience, too. So I think he's really fired up about it. He loves having that experience, and he wants to be a collaborator. Right. He's not been a guy that just – kind of like the opposite of Gus, where Gus is like, I know everything and, you know, whatever you guys want to say is fine. Like, I think Derek really wants to hear opinions and form it. You know, form his opinion based on what the other people have to say instead of just, I know what I'm doing.
1: Right, right.
4: make a big difference. TD, though, I'm a little skeptical. Um and we saw him he was rushing the other day. We didn't we were thinking he would play some more offside linebacker. Look like he's still playing like edge. And I don't mm. know about that. Mm.
3: Yeah. Mm. And that somebody asked who's gonna be the other inside
1: linebacker besides Papo. I think they still have Zacoby McClain lined up on yeah. the inside of lot. Right? Jacoby for sure.
4: The,
1: yeah, those are the guys slated. And they put up they put on some weight in the offseason too. So did. I, I I think they're I think they're prime. To play that position this well, year.
3: So I mean, from what you hear them talking about, um, you know, somebody asked about the the snap count that those guys had last year, like they were just constantly on the field. And I, I think he's gonna be rotating some guys in a little bit more this year to try to give them some rest. But um I think they I think that they, they look like they'll be okay, man. Like to me, um, if if you're if you're allowing them to do what they do naturally, which is just fly around um they'll if, if they've got the wind if their conditioning is right they'll be okay because those kids want to go out there and knock some heads around
4: yeah you come about linebackers specifically yeah yeah i love wesley steiner i think he to me is the most underrated like the best player you don't know about like just your, you guys know about him and i do too but i mean like your casual auburn fan doesn't know who wesley steiner is and i think they will uh six, eight months from now. I think he's going to be outstanding, and I think Cam Riley's going to be another one that steps up and and, and fills a role. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I'm looking forward to seeing what Cam Riley's going to do. Man, he's
4: so long, man, and and he was coming along so well last year. Wasn't quite as physical as I was hoping he would be, but I think for him it was more about over-processing things rather than being soft. I don't think he's soft at all. So I think this year Derek's going to know that about him, going to make his reads a little more straightforward so he can just kind of hit more, you know, instead of thinking too much.
1: Yeah, So so – are you seeing that, to, to Jonathan Harris' question, uh, do you have those guys more so inside or outside, or, or where do you envision them being productive?
4: Wesley's definitely going to be inside. Uh, yeah, Cam Riley, for me, is probably a money backer, um, uh, depending on how they use him. I just got to see how they're going to use him this year. But to me, he's probably more of a weak side guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and clean up stuff a little bit more in space. So for me, Wesley Steiner would be the next generation of inside backer.
3: It's going to be interesting um, at that, the edge slash outside, you know, four, three linebacker, I mean, three, four linebacker position, because there's a lot of guys who are vying for that. Um, you know, you've got the the transfer kid from Northwestern. You've got, uh, you know, the, the freshman that we just got, uh, what's his name, um, Derek, somebody help me with names, you know, y'all know I don't know people's names.
4: Dylan Dylan one we just
3: signed recently so that transfer from t- Brooks, Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks. Brooks. Thank you. Dylan Brooks from Tennessee. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, the the Chandler Wootens of the world. You've got freaking uh, I don't know, man. We just got a ton of guys who I feel like can line up outside that are um, that they can rotate in and out. And that's the thing. Again, when we talk about defense is likely going to be the strength. There's just so many pieces that you can just rotate in and out that I don't right. know that we drop off. Just because you've right. got your second team out there, like right. it's just a ton of people with talent that they're just coming at you in waves and they're gonna remain fresh unless you're gonna try to run tempo on us and get and tire them out uh I just don't know how you can combat a team that's as deep as what they look like they're gonna be
2: listen this stood out to me. Lee Hunter looked like a man amongst boys out there he looked he looked insanely awesome in the yeah. way that he was taking on double teams and just kind of. Pushing people around out there. So, um, I think
4: that's encouraging. He's, a, he's kind
3: of
2: a, uh, they have him, they have
3: him, um, playing at Zero Tech, or I don't, I, don't, I, I didn't watch a ton of this. No, he's inside.
4: The, yeah, for sure. Okay. Zero Tech. And he's kind of like, uh, DeMarco was a long time ago. He's built like that, kind of a stout, uh, shorter guy, taller than me, but not a real big dude. Uh, they think he can be really good to kind of, yeah, you know, neutralize those guys and read and react.
3: Yeah. And that's, and that's what you're going to need up front. I think that's, they're going to be requiring a lot of that, um, that two gapping stuff up front and he seems like he's going to be able to occupy space. If he's a space eater like that. Oh my goodness. Uh, the, 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 the nose that Zacoby McClain has for the ball and the speed that Papo has to the ball. Um, right. they're going to be knocking people around the whole game. If, he, if he's up there gobbling up double teams or, and making sure that, you know, that center or that guard can't get to the second level. And they have a, a clean fit for the run fits and all that, man. They're going to be coming downhill in a hurry. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of uh, missing KJ Britt in, in that kind of scenario, man, because yeah, he was man. just he was for built sure. for. It. But again, you got I think Wesley Steiner is going to be that kind of guy too, uh, where he's going to be just be able to see it and go get it, uh, just because he's he's got the size and the speed, and he's got he's got a good head on his shoulders too. So
4: yeah, one thing about Wesley Steiner is he's probably one of the five smartest football players I've ever met uh whether they went to Auburn or not. I mean, I'm telling you, that guy has like Rhodes Scholar type intellect. So I'm interested to see what he's going to be like when he gets a chance to kind of become an everyday player because I think he's just going to bring like this whole different level of football IQ. And it's it's going to be exciting to see that. He chose Auburn over Stanford, and uh, academics was a big reason why he chose it. No kidding.
2: All right. OK, cool. Are we are we living in the upside down or like? <laughs> no, man, listen, <Auburn, laughs> man. academically, I mean, I can say, it, of course, because I worked on campus for so long, but
0: they have been getting closer and closer to being a I don't think they'll ever be a Vanderbilt because they don't want to be that exclusive with who they let in. But academically, the, the rankings of the of the different departments and the programs has been climbing for the last 15
3: years for sure. Yeah. We, we talked about this just a little forward. bit, but yeah, when we're, we're talking yeah. about guys inside. Um, you know, Jeremiah Wright is definitely a guy uh, who is going to be a problem for offensive lines to deal with on a consistent basis. He's just, he's, he's, he's big and athletic and that's just, that's, that's one of those hard things to find um, when you're, when you're talking about along the D line. And he, I think he just kind of already understands what needs to happen. Right. And that's when you have, when you don't have to coach a guy on, when you can, when he can be instinctive and kind of just understand what needs to be happening, um, then he can play a lot faster. Mm-hmm. And then if you got a guy who can who can do that and operate really quickly, um, again, that's nightmares up front for an offensive line to try to deal with because they have to be super sound in their blocking assignments to even get plays off. Then,
2: yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited about uh, the McLean and Papo duo. Um, I'm just excited about what uh, Mason is going to be able to scheme up for our linebackers in general. Um, you know, I think that there was once upon a time we were linebacker. You, it was just literally linebacker after linebacker. If you haven't seen our interview with At Williams, I highly suggest you go back and watch that. Just one of the he again, you talk about smart guys that you talk to. He is just one of the smartest players that we've interviewed. Um, and you know, I we asked him about what it was like to come up behind guys like Mark Brown and D- Dontarius Thomas and 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 uh, Dansby. Carlos Dansby. Right, you know, and then play alongside uh Karibi Didi and um uh Travis Williams and and then go undefeated, you know, as a starting linebacker on that squad, you know, and uh it just seemed like at once upon a time we were just producing guys at that position consistently. And then, you know, we had guys like Bynes along the way, but you know, the production at linebacker kind of really fell off and, and and we had some talent by the wayside along the way as well too so you know it'll be interesting to see how much better in a three four we can be when those guys step up and start doing doing what uh we've seen over the last 15 years
1: indeed indeed
2: mm-hmm. um i i i want jj can you comment on this Hunter looks um, good good old line or bad old line I Good think Hunter that- or bad battle line
4: Bad line is part of it, and uh, just spring hype is part of it, but I think the kid's going to be a player. Kevin Steele felt really strongly about this kid, even though he was injured for a little bit, and they also, I don't think they were playing down in Mobile last fall, is that correct? I don't think that they had a chance to play much at all. Right. So, you know, he was kind of off the radar, and we didn't know much about Lee, but we know that Auburn really liked him, and so far he's been impressive. He's, he came ready to play. He wasn't one of those kids who was fat and sloppy and needed time with uh, yawks, as we like to say, mm-hmm. uh, to get ready. He came in ready. So, I mean, that's that's all to his advantage. And I think being here now means I think he'll have a chance to play a little bit this fall. But I just wouldn't get carried away with expectations for this year with him.
2: Yeah, definitely. What about wide receiver? Um, Malcolm Johnson, Jr.
3: Oh, oh yeah. So let's, let's go ahead and put that. We, we we will be talking a little bit about wide receiver and our facts are not. So, uh, that dropped. To, did it drop today for our members? It's already out for members, yeah. So for members, yeah. you can go ahead and watch the facts and all. We talked a little bit about the wide receiver position and that, specifically Malcolm Johnson Jr. Uh, but for those of you who have not joined in membership, that dropped for you on Friday. But yeah, talk a little bit about what your thoughts are, JG, on the wide receiver position.
4: Yeah, so it looks like their number one group uh, the other day was, let's see, J.J. at slot, uh, Javaris Johnson at slot, uh, M.J.J. or, or Malcolm uh, at one spot, and then uh, what Kobe and Elijah Canyon are kind of switching off there. But the thing is that G- uh, Capers is, is out right now. He's kind of right. banged up.
2: Right. If right. you're
4: asking me who the top three wideouts are, I- I'm, I'm skeptical about JJ. So for me, it would be Kobe Hudson, it would be Canyon, and it would be Capers. Those are my three that I think are the best. Malcolm Johnson, for me, would be the best slot guy. I just want to see how they're going to use him. He is definitely, to me, going to be a better football player than Schwartz with similar speed. I do think Schwartz is a little overrated. He's a great sprinter. He's a very fast player. I don't think he's a great football player. I think Malcolm has that same kind of speed and I think he could be a better football player, a better receiver.
3: i'm I'm think how I think about it right now is between Javaris johnson and and um and Malcolm Johnson, where they're going to see the field the most in this season, barring injuries or people all that kind of stuff is in the special teams. like I, I think that one of those guys is going to be a return specialist for us next year. And they're going to dazzle at the spot just because I've I've watched tape of them returning kicks. And I'm just like, yeah, these kids, they, they got some special juice to them. Um, and then when you go four wide, right, when you go to a four wide, then that's where you're going to see them get into the game um, and really be one of those dynamic right. uh, pass catchers in that space.
4: See, Lawrence yeah. said, uh, so what about Shedrick? You know, to me, Shedrick Jackson's kind of like uh, Cody Burns was. It's kind of a blocker can catch a ball in space a little bit if needed. But to me, the other guys have a lot more explosiveness. Just my opinion.
3: Yeah. And I, I think that the way that this offense is going to be structured, um, it's definitely going to require receivers to block, but it's just going, I think that it's going to be a little bit different in the way that it is. It's, it's not going to be the way Shedrick's been used previously, right? Like or, he was basically right. like a human shield out there. We're going to run a quick wide receiver screen and you're going to be the, the point of attack blocker. Uh, that's not what you're going to see a ton out of this offense. Uh, you're going to see some of it, right? I'm not, but I think that um, all of the guys that you talked about there, including JJ Evans, who we haven't mentioned are just big physical dudes. And they're just going to, they, they can do that. They can go out there and do that. And they're not as big a liability. I know people think I bought him on Shedrick too much. You know, I get, I get, I, I understand the, the nickname that I gave him last year. I'm not going to. What go was it? Tonight. I'm sorry. What was I don't, it? I don't recall. I don't recall. Okay. Uh, All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Um. Somebody in the comments is definitely going to say it. Um. But <laughs> I, you know, I just don't think that, you know, he is, you know, like you just said, J.D., the same type of athlete the rest of these guys are. So if, if I don't have to sacrifice the physicality and I can still get the athleticism, then I got to play the guy who gives me both. Right.
1: We so. don't hardly ever hear people talk about uh, Kalen Newton. Um,
3: Which he's been getting some good burn right now, as I understand it, during the um, spring. Yeah. Right now, so. Yeah.
1: I mean, with, with some of our receivers out, yeah, he's definitely gotten a look. Do you see him? Do you see him? Somebody did put it in in, in the comments, like. But do you see Kalen Newton getting some, uh, some, some, some PT and actually having an opportunity to prove himself?
4: No, not really. I didn't (laughs) really understand where he was going to go. Yeah, I just felt like if his name was Kalen Johnson or something, like he wouldn't be here. It's just kind of the way I feel about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's fair. Yeah, That's Yeah. that's fair.
4: Uh, and the other one was Javarius. I think asking about Javarius Johnson. Yeah, I think he's going to play. I don't think he's going to be the number one because I think Malcolm can do that job better. But I think Javarius, maybe in special teams, like you were saying. I,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, that's been a lost opportunity for us over the years in special teams. Not putting Look, the best man. We don't need everybody there. in the comments saying what I. I
3: understand the name I gave the man. Y'all calm down. All right, <laughs> settle down. Um, we know. We know. <laughs> it's on record. Okay. I'm. I'm trying to lay off of the name calling. But if he goes out there and he drops more passes, I might have to read it. Stone
4: hands, I, is that what it was?
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
3: That reminds me yeah. of a kool
4: the gang song. Stone hands.
2: I'm really looking forward to Malcolm Johnson. You know, I think that uh, in light of how we kind of wasted Schwartz's time here, um, ha- having another guy that can really take the top off defense, come up behind, and if we can find a way to not overthrow him, um, then you know, it, it will really help this running game quite a bit if we can hit some passes downfield, right? And and Yeah, we're, I, we're gonna
3: see a lot of uh play action shots. Yeah,
2: yeah I think so. Yes. I think that I think if, if we can complete enough of those passes and you have to play us honest down the field, um Tank runs for twelve to fourteen hundred yards this season as much as they, as much yeah. as you are probably going to use him.
4: If he's under 1200, something something went wrong. So, something went. Yeah, I mean, he got wrong.
2: 800 last year when he didn't start
3: in what three games uh partially because of injury and on a and short then season just bad right. management of personnel up front. He right. got 800 in that. So right. if uh in a full season he can't hit 1200 in his second year with a what we hope is better play calling, then this is a colossal waste of talent that will be ha- like I think that that if, if he doesn't hit 1200 and he's healthy the full season then we might as well just pack it up and decide you know we're gonna we, we we should play all freshmen and just let everybody who's a freshman get in there and get their bumps because there's just no reason why a kid this talented shouldn't be able to get over 1200 yards when he did it last right. year with what we all term as average offensive line play right like it wasn't like they were phenomenal offensive linemen they weren't i mean even in the run game they were better in the run game than they were in pass pro but they weren't just bulldozing people he was making plays out of nothing he was breaking tackles to get all of that so if you get a better scheme and him having a full season 1200 should be a uh should be an afterthought for him by game 10
2: thank you for listening to the war report podcast you can support us by visiting our merchandise store you can find links to the merchandise store on facebook and the about section on our youtube channel If you would like access to more premium content, visit us on YouTube and click join to become an insider. War Eagle, and now back to more of the show. Let me ask you this, JG. So we start the season with Akron. Is it Akron? Akron, Yes. Like, What do you expect to see in game one? Like, what kind of game plan do we expect to see them come out with?
4: Basic, man. Real basic. And like you guys are saying, there's going to be a lot of play action. There's not going to be a lot of exotic exotic passing. I think they're going to be and tank. I think that Vanderbilt tailback's going to get here and they're going to help her. They're going to split the, the load with him and you're going to see defense. I think they're going to keep it real basic Penn state. They, they're going to break some stuff out for Penn state, but I just don't think it's going to be a sexy offense next year. I think they're just going to grind and they're just going to try to possess the football and let that defense win games. I, I, I feel like that's a smart thing to do.
3: Yeah. Yeah. All right. I listen, I I, I'm all right with it. If, you know, if we're playing ball control and we are, are dominating the games, Right. Mm -hmm. But I don't have to see an offensive explosion to feel good about what we're doing offensively. What I would like to see, though, is that um, schematically we've decided that it's okay for drives to last longer than six plays and end in scores. Right. And I just don't know that the previous coaching staff had that philosophy. They felt like we've got to score in like four or five plays and get off the field and go like it's in. And you have to just sometimes be okay with, yeah, this is a this is a shot play, right? Like we intend, the first look on this is going to be a bomb. If it's not there, there's an outlet guy. And that's, what I commented this on the last live. That's one of the things I liked that they were working on fairly intentionally in the open practice, which is running back leaks out. We're just going to dump the ball down to him, right? right? You see a shallow crosser from a tight end. We're just going to hit him for a little three, four yard. I, there, there's nothing wrong with doing that. You get... Do do the math with me really quickly. If we get four yards every play, how many yards do we get?
4: Three hundred fifty. I'm talking
3: about point. within one one three. <laughs> the I mean, you get a, you plays. end up within yo, the first yo, down. Yo, first you get a first down, down you're, you're right? Pre, and they give you they give you another down. chance. You're to Really do good another on first down. down. Right. Yeah. So right. if if I get four yards, four yards, and four yards, they're gonna let me stay on the field, right? I don't right. have to get thirty three on on one play. I can get 4-4-4 four, four, four and that, stay on the field.
1: But to your point, Ike, that was Gus Melzon's mantra. Was ch- he talked about chunk plays? Now we love chunk plays when they're there, yeah, right? I'm but, not saying don't but, take
3: your shots. You got to do it. It's a mandatory but, thing for every offense. To stretch the field. But,
1: but, but when you when you prioritize that over taking what the defense gives you, it becomes frustrating when you see you're missing plays because you're trying to get the home run play. Right, and and, and I think I think with with Harson and company, I think they're. I'm actually fairly work.
2: decent at math, walk. So hey, listen, don't, don't <laughs> back on me too
1: hard. <laughs> uh, right?
2: Yeah. JG, let me let me ask you something. Um, you know, in terms of uh season success, right? What what do you think is a successful season? I, you know, we're week into practice. You know, and I know it's probably a premature question, but what do you think uh, is a successful season here for uh, Brian Harson in his first year?
4: Eight wins and assign some high school good offensive tackles. Great. The end. <laughs> yeah. <Right? laughs> I think it's that simple, man. Get Wait, your offensive it? line straightened out. Yeah. Win eight games and show that you can do this, that you're confident. I think he is. Just show it. And then let's build from there. That's right. what I would say.
2: So competence in the SEC.
0: JG, does it, mm-hmm. does it matter to you which eight those wins are? Do, does it matter if, do we have to sneak a Georgia a LSU obama or and A M. yes okay so we've got to get one of those
4: yeah beat georgia i
0: think so. last Great. guy couldn't do it no yeah yeah facts period
2: yeah back mm-hmm.
4: yeah yeah and also i'm pretty fired up about i'm fired up about that yox interview too by the way um kevin yoxel
2: he says hi by the way
4: yeah i mean he's the man dude he, which, which, i'm we'll not sure i'd you. still be here if it weren't for uh kevin yoxel um I was really, really fat, 317 pounds, and uh, I went to him when he was Auburn nice. strength coach and said, I, I don't want to be this anymore, and he gave me, you know, like, he, he sat down with me. He didn't have to. He wasn't getting paid for that. and explained a bunch of stuff to me, took me in the weight room, the old weight room they had, showed me some exercises, and he said, just stick with it. and checked back with me, you know, periodically, and I did, and I lost 100 pounds uh, wow. because of the things that Yox told me to do. It took me eight months, but I did it. And one time I was around, hanging around Yox. He was very proud of me for doing that. And another, it wasn't a coach, but he was like a staffer, was like, I said, I want to do some of these workouts that the football players, do. Look, man, am I going to be as good as Dontarius Thomas? No, but I wanted to see if I could go through it. Because I had lost all that weight. I was pretty in shape for me. I mean, I still looked like a, you know, like a dad, but nonetheless. <laughs> and this staffer goes, you're fat but couldn't do anything out here. And Yox turned around. Yox was pissed. And he said, you shut your mouth. That man lost 100 pounds. You've never lost shit in your life. <laughs> don't tell him what he can't do. J.G., you want to do it? And I was yeah. like, I don't know, yeah." But anyway, <laughs> hey, I love you standing up for me.
2: Listen, thank you for cursing for me. My mom was watching, so I oh, didn't no. it,
1: But I like that you said it. <laughs> he, did, uh, he did bow up, though, and
4: had my back on that. So yeah, he's good. a great dude. He's a great hey, dude. JG.
1: We got a request here. Yeah, I see that. To,
3: this is uh, the, the, the stand-up hour of JG Tate. You guys are having him out I'll here. tell you something
4: real important to our offensive chunk plays. We got to have those. And, uh, <laughs> and We're trying to score. If we can't score in five plays, we just might as well punt it. <laughs> <laughs> five plays. Okay,
2: hold on, wait, wait. Do, do one. For, I have a request. Do Gus ordering something from the Waffle House after, after beating Akron.
4: <laughs> yeah, I don't know about the why. He lets Christy order for him because, yeah, that's how he rolls. But I did ask him one time what his favorite uh, food was on the road. He said, man, some cheese pups from Crystal. <laughs> I was like, No. Oh, boy, man. Boy. no. What? no! <laughs>
2: Oh, man. He's got uh, an iron stomach. I can't eat crystals yeah. no more, man. It's yeah. not. I not agree. So, listen. Uh, it's been a theme all week. I want to address an elephant in the room about uh, our favorite quarterback. I thought we weren't and, doing elephants in the room no more. And, I thought we were be on Okay, it. whatever. I was supposed tiger. to be an yeah. eagle or tiger uh, in the room, And uh, how I feel about him. Um, I think <laughs> that our <laughs> best scenario <laughs> is, is that. How I feel about him. Yeah. I mean, Dearbo, I think I, I think our best scenario is is that he takes the next step, right? I I don't, I I like, I'm high on Demetrius Davis, but I don't want to see him shoulder the load for a first year staff in year one, unless he is just going to be one of those dynamic freshmen that, you know, makes it happen, you know, on some kind of otherworldly level. If the chances of that are not high, you know, I think that Bo having a, Maybe maybe just an average season is our best case scenario. And then what JG says, right? Um, we ball control and defense wins the day. That's a good season for Auburn next year. Right. So I agree. I'm I'm rooting for both. Like I, I think that if if four games in, we have to decide that he's not the guy. The wheels could fall off the wagon for the rest of the season. You know, uh and, and or if you're trying to just scheme around what he can't do right, get right that's not a good situation for Auburn. And I want to see Auburn win more than I want to see a change of quarterback so that everybody's clear here, right? Like, so um, I have nothing, it's nothing, it's never personal with us. We criticize play, not players, you know? So at the end of the day, you go out and you do, do what if you're this, supposed to. This is exactly what I've been screaming for two years right here. Right. If he Average. just
3: plays okay, like, I, and I, I don't know by any metric, you can say that he's been an average quarterback thus far. He's been below, like, let's just, let's just keep it a book. He's right. been below average, right? And if you, if you only look at his yardage, then you're going to say to yourself, Bo Nix has been phenomenal. Right. But right. he he racks up a lot of those yards in games where we're destroying teams um, he's going to get a lot of those yards in times where it doesn't matter in the game, where we're going to have to throw because we've put ourselves in a hole. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about is consistently making the play early in the game that doesn't put us in that scenario where we've got to be throwing the ball 40, 50 times in the game.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Just be yeah. okay. Just be an okay guy out there, and we're good. Right. Because the defense has been playing so well. The defense has been, you know, for for all of the great things that I love about that, they were very much bend but don't break. Like you could rack up a ton of yards against these guys and they would bow up in the red zone and force field goals and stuff like that. Right. Um, And, you know, we weren't necessarily imposing our will as a defense and forcing a bunch of three and outs like it was getting scary a lot last year. Right. Um, But at still at the core of all of that, the defense was was pretty good. The offense did not help them out at all early in the season when they were trying to figure it out defensively. If Bo Nix just takes a small elevation in his ability to assess a defense, again, tomorrow we're going to talk about wide receivers. We're not going to focus on the quarterback. But I can tell you from looking at some of those plays, he never looked to the other side of the field once. Right. Not one single time. You can can watch his head like – if you want to be able to tell kind of how a quarterback is assessing the field, um, you talk about it. Um, King talked about it when looking at the stripes on the helmet for the offensive lineman. You can tell kind of where their vision is. If you can look at Bo Nixon, and you can see he's not really assessing the full field. He's looking at this is what they told me was my play here. And it's not there. And he's done. He's out of there. Right. Or he's hoping that receiver makes some sort of crazy adjustment so that he can still come back to him. Never assesses the other stuff going on. And so what I'm saying is just be a little bit more heady in understanding scenarios and understanding what my options are on this play. And then deliver an accurate ball so that we can get into third and short so that we can, you know, pick up some of these short second downs, passing the ball and not have to run it then this offense is going to stay on time and on schedule. And it's going to be problematic because if you have a fresh defense, that's that is potentially this good, right? Teams aren't going to be
2: able to score a lot. And then there's just not going to be enough time on the clock left. Right. Right. JG, you know, one of my favorite things that um, I was on another content creators video, because in my spare time, I like a lot of it is play design. Thomas, I I like to go to other content creators and just see what everybody else thinks about, you know, Auburn football. And uh, this particular content creator seems to think that 90% of Bose issues are about offensive line. And I was making a case to him for why that's not necessarily true. Um, and his retort to me was, well, you know, stats lie. And I was just kind of like, well, I don't really think stats lie. I think how you interpret them can lie. Right. But, you know, I think stats are stats. So um, he says that, uh, you know, if you look at the tape, Bose. Running for his life every other play, and I said, "That's that's not necess- that's not that's not factual. That's not necessarily true." And he says, "Well, you know, prove how can you say that?" And I said, "Well, do you know how much time he had to throw last season? On average, two point eight seconds. Now, when you're arguing with people about stats, he doesn't know whether that's short or long. And I say, on average, the two best quarterbacks in our league had less time to throw than he did. You know, so now some of that is by design." Right. So, in, in that, if you know what you're interpreting, you know that, you know, if you've got an offense that, that throws the ball with quick, quick releases, there's no way to know how much time that quarterback would have had to throw the ball. Right. But my point is, is that you don't need much more time than he's getting if you can read the field and you can find your receivers and you call the right play to get the ball out of your hands. You just don't. So, some of it, right, is play design. Some of it is O line, and some of it is the quarterback, but not most of it is all of it right is is my point. So yeah. you know what's it within your control are the things that you can control, you know, which is how you read the field and how you stay in the pocket that's it. that's all we want to see from him. If he can fix that, then we can start to ass- we can start to assess other areas of the field and, 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 and it, whenever I start telling people stats they they don't know. And their argument falls apart. I never hear anything. They just disappear from the conversation, and I'm just like, you know, I, I get it because if I, if nobody told me that he had on average just as much time to throw as any other quarterback in the league, I would have said mm, that's probably not true, right? Our O line played terrible, you know. So I just I just think that uh, um, you know this season for Bo, you know, success is be better on the road, right? Bow at home was, was not bad. Managed the game. You know, he, he did, an, he didn't turn the ball over, you know, very much at home. You know, he did some really good things with his feet, you know, um, and then be more accurate. So the other thing, when you say now, if you want to say stats lie, I'll tell you, right. A completion isn't always a completion because what the receiver had to do to catch that ball will go down as a completion. But the fact that you did not give him a chance to make a play after the catch Right. Or you threw the DB back into the play and all the little small things that the better quarterbacks in our league do that give, you know, that make a guy like Devontae Smith have the chance to be the first wide receiver to win the Heisman in God knows how long. You know, you know, it's because his quarterback's ball placement was excellent. right It wasn't just that he caught balls. It was just that he had a chance to maximize after the catch because of ball placement. You know, those are the things that I want to see him do better since he's going to start this season as our quarterback, right? So in game one, that's what I'm going to be looking for. You know, the open, how does he, he, not just is he completing passes, but how is he completing these passes to start the season? Are they crisp? Is the ball over the right shoulder? Does the receiver have an opportunity to make a play after the catch? If he's doing those things, at least at somewhat of a higher clip, I'll be super encouraged going into Penn State. I will.
1: I'll put on a bow jersey. You know what? I I don't think you're going to see I think you make a good point, though. Yeah. Mark the time. I, I don't think it's Mark going to happen. Mark the date though. and time. It's, it's March 24th I'll pull on jersey if he can do that in the
2: first two games.
0: All right. I don't think it's going to have to. And I, I think they're going to. It's going to be the, the tank show. It's going to be the tank show. It's going to be the uh, yeah. tank and Pagese at halfback with two tight ends on the field show. It's going to be a lot of old school pro style. Football. That, that's what it's going to look like, and we won't have he's to see it. But pro said, well, he's, style, but pro he's gonna, style, right? But he's going to get. You remember throws. me
3: saying that way long time ago, and people were like, "You don't know what you're talking about." Yeah. It's not. Gonna but be is pro- but yeah. is, it, that's is it specifically wide o- what Bobo
1: said? Was wide open? Uh, pro style count for multiple. Yeah, listen. At the
2: end of the day, he's still he's still going to get throws. They're going to ask him to throw the ball. So I don't care if it's a tank show on the throws that he does get. How do they look? Right on the plays that they do call for him, can he just execute those in a way that allows them to continue to lean on the run game? He just has to do enough to keep the defense honest so that they cannot yeah, stack that, the box again, against him. That's, that's all I've ever yeah. asked him to do. I've never said that I want Bo Nix to be a
3: Heisman quarterback. Like I just don't think that he has to in order for us to win games. No, convincing. And,
1: and I think and I think something that you guys have mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. We're gonna get your get your tight JG in a minute, but. I think what we have to do is is in the play calling in the first few plays of your first drive of the game, set it up to where Bo can easily get comfortable in the offense and relax. You know, don't put the pressure on him to have to make a play. Set him up, you know, use tank, get him in short, second and short, third and short where he can make a play and get his confidence going to where he does get in a bit of a rhythm because he is a bit of a rhythm quarterback. Right. So if you if you call the right plays to get him going, then instead of just throwing a screen on first down that he sometimes misses, set him up with an easy throw and he gets into that rhythm and his confidence grows.
0: Well, that screen, it was supposed to be an easy throw for him. It's mm-hmm. just not right.
3: Yeah, <laughs> right. so I mean that's I mean well, so, what? they they can't the do screen, too much. With that. The, the screen, uh, so he, he wasn't. The screen, was just,
1: the, the screen was just lazy, though. It, it well, tons, so here's but... the
3: thing about that screenplay, right? Like it wasn't even that you know it just wasn't executed well. Blocking on the outside right. a lot of the times, um, and it was and it was too predictable, right? So if right. you're if if the the corners are keying correctly, they're jumping that too often, right. and so you have to be the problem for me with our offense last year. Uh, the more I watch tape. The more I'm really getting into this and starting to is, man, it was so ugly, the designs of some of these. It was just I was just like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Like, I don't even know what you guys were thinking philosophically. And I've already talked about the the lack of game plan that we seem to have. Like there was no identity offensively of what we wanted to do to attack defenses. And I don't even have a problem with that changing from game to game as long as I feel like it's built specifically for the team that we're going after. I just don't think that they did a great job of preparing our team offensively to go out there and be productive on a consistent basis. And so if you're going to just have guys go out there and do stuff, you do need Herculean efforts from your players. And that's going to make a kid look way worse when you're asking him to throw the ball 40-something times per game, and he's not built like that. He's not built to be a 40-pass-per-game guy. Not, not right now, at least. Yeah. I just, I haven't seen evidence of
1: that. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. Like what, where do you, do you agree with this assessment, JG, in terms of how many passes needs to be thrown by our starting quarterback going like this season? At least uh, starting off. Like where, where do you think we should be in terms of how often we're throwing the football?
4: I don't have a number in mind, honestly. Uh, I just think it's it's about what's working, adjusting to what's working, but I, I just think it's going to be Tank. I think they're just going to do that. So I... I, I appreciate that you're really, you really invested into this Bo uh, storyline, and he's an interesting case because we all thought he was going to be better than he's been so far. But uh, to me, it's going to be about Tank, keeping him healthy, and getting enough first downs to do what's got to be done. You know what I mean?
1: So who, so do you think uh, Sean Shivers takes the next step this year? Because you're going to have to spell Tank. You know, if the objective is to keep him healthy, you don't want to run him into the ground, but you are going to focus your game plan around him. So who takes Thanks. the next step behind Tank Bixby this year to you?
4: I feel like Shivers is doing what he does. I, I think you're seeing a fully fleshed version of him right now. So I think that's what you get. I think they're going to get somebody else. And I think this kid from Vanderbilt's a real possibility. And if he gets here, I think he'll be a guy that's going to be split in time uh, with Tank too. Tank doesn't want to be a 40 carry guy. He understands what it means. These kids today understand. They don't want to be Chris Johnson anymore. You know,
1: mm. get a
4: million carries in college and a million carries early in your NFL career, and then you're just spent. You can't continue to earn. He uh, wants right. to let's keep it a reasonable workload, and uh, they're going to figure out a way to do that. I, I like Shivers. Uh, he's 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 great. He's a good Auburn dude. He's he's a very tough dude. Uh, what he did to that Alabama safety in uh, <laughs> the Iron Bowl never. will never be forgotten. It's an iconic moment in Auburn football history, and it'll always right. be for him. Uh, but I just think he's just kind of what he is. I think they need an actual number two. Somebody like Trey Mason. Somebody like a Trey Mason, you know? Not a bruiser, a kind of a quicker guy, but agile. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Trey couldn't be tackled. Yeah, Trey couldn't be tackled. Trey was
4: the master at, like, if there was an extra foot to be gotten on a run, he'd get it. He would right. dive so under blocks, he yeah, would right. roll over blocks, anything <laughs> it took, man. I swear he got 500 yards in his career from just little in, in, just ingenuity like that.
3: Mm. So so, so you're not uh, sold on Devin Barrett actually making that transition and no, being a number two? No, I'm not.
4: No, I think it's spring hype. I like Devin. He's, he's worked hard. He's been out there working and grinding every single day, man. And I know he doesn't get any run, and everybody thinks he's a big bust, and I don't think it's fair, and you'll never hear me describe him that way, but... He's been out there busting his butt all this time. Yeah, I don't think
1: it's fair. I don't think that's fair either. Who he was behind, the fact that he got moved to the other side of the ball. Yeah, I agree with you there.
3: The other kid the, uh, that we just got, um, Jarquez. Yeah, he's not, okay. he's not here in the spring, right? He comes in the summer. Correct. Yeah,
4: okay. Jarquez from Mississippi, uh, a kid that I think you're just going to have to kind of let him grow a little bit. I mean, guys that come in in the summer, it's really tough, you know? <laughs> I know Nick Marshall did, but Nick Marshall was a different beast altogether
2: yeah listen uh yax talked about that I mean we asked him specifically uh about you know uh spring versus summer workouts you know and uh what the difference in emphasis is on training uh during those two periods uh so um it is he he did mention it is tough for freshmen essentially coming in in the summer uh and uh way back in the day they didn't hit campus until August correct. So, uh, you know, the idea of a freshman starting, you had to be in the literal 1% of players who could walk in in August and start, you know, at a place like Auburn. You know, so, you know, now these guys, for the most part, are coming in in the summer, so they at least get to go through those summer workouts. But listen, man, you can change your body a lot in seven weeks in the right strength and conditioning program. Uh, You can. And uh, some of the reports that we're hearing coming out of camp was – You know, uh, was it Owen Papo said that we're going to look like Marines come fall? You know, I mean, these guys are really excited about the things that Pittman is putting uh, them through in the weight room. And he comes from the Yachts co tree. He was a GA for Yachts back in the day. Hmm. You know, so uh, Yachts knows him well. And I think that uh, with some of the different things they're being asked to do, uh, it's generating enthusiasm you know, and that foundational mindset they're going to need, you know, to grind out this next season is going to be really, really important. Right. Like, J.J., I hear what you're saying on what this season is going to be like. I just hope you're wrong. I hope we see something a little bit more exciting than that brand of football in the fall. I hope that, Word. you know, as the season goes on, Harson and Bobo start to discover what they have and they start to open it up. And I think that, you know, I want to see Tank be effective in 12 to 18 touches a game. Right. Like, that's what I want to see. I see. I want to see him run for over a thousand yards on 12 to 18 touches a game. I just want them to be more more um, inventive. If if tank is going to be your
3: guy mentioned this before uh, about the one of the things I like about the way that. Clemson uses the running back, right? It's like, all right, great. You want to stack the box against him. We're going to find other ways to get it into his hands. And I right. think Tate can be that kind of back that can we can catch it out of the backfield. I can even split him out on a play, right? I and mean, he's going to run an actual route. Like, mm. I just want to see them understand. And, and I've talked about this with Mike Bobo. That's one of the things that I actually like about Bobo. People can say what they want to about his conservative nature. Um, he understands who his playmakers are, and he's saying he's going to make you defend your his playmakers in a variety of ways. So I'm going to get the ball into their hands, and I'm going to move them around, and we're going to figure out ways that those playmakers can be effective, even if you think you've got a, a, a way that, to bottle that guy up. Right. Um, so looking forward to that.
2: JG is uh, is is Tank gone after this year? You think?
1: Yeah.
3: He's yeah. Gone. I think, yeah. I think he's he's just just be.
1: Him. I think he's no. going to be a stud. I think he's going to get. Just his a t- sophomore, right? Yeah, he's just a He's sophomore. a true he's sophomore. A sophomore. He's got another year he, can, he another year.
4: Yeah. Okay. He can be ready to go. I'm why, why
1: y'all wishing him away? Just wait. Wait, going wait, on, man.
4: wait. wait, wait.
2: Time out. Time out. What's the rule? Is its is it two years removed from three high school? Years three years out of high school. Yeah.
1: Three years out of high school. So oftentimes you can leave as a redshirt sophomore. Okay, got it. But because he didn't redshirt, he right. have to
2: be next. Year. That's right.
4: Okay. He's going right. to be ready, though. He's he going to be an he absolute just plays star, like
0: man. he's already been in college for two years. That's what it
2: is. Yeah. I, I, um, this fall is going to be interesting. Um, I have I've set aside a select number of things to break this offseason during <laughs> Auburn football games, and um, we're we're still working yes. out how we're going to film that and bring that to you guys live during the game. J.G., you do something that I admire, and that sometimes during you will go live. I I saw a brain drain, like a seven hour brain drain. It
4: yeah. Was
3: was it the draft that you were sitting like through,
2: how? or or was it what, what was that that you were sitting through? No,
4: nah, it was the football games, man. Uh. I got really drunk and we just kind of <laughs> went for seven hours.
2: Yeah, wow, man, I was in all of that. I was like, I don't think you got up one time. Well, uh, I probably
4: California. did. I don't know. I have ways to make it look like I
2: didn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, CGI Ooh. and all that, the green screen.
4: We don't know you're on the toilet. Yeah,
2: yeah. Just prop up the doll. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Rain All right. from the, the bathroom. <laughs> so, yeah. Never mind.
3: That's a yes. joke. Never
1: mind. Yeah.
2: So we uh we we'll find a way to uh, to bring you guys some of that, but I, I expect this to be uh, some emotional ups and downs this fall uh, with this team um, as we watch Harson go through the process. But I will tell you, uh, in terms of coaching, I like at least what I'm hearing and seeing for the most part. I think that Harson has proven himself to be at least a uh a good figurehead and emotional leader. Um the players seem, certainly seem to have bought into what he's selling uh the ones that yeah. stayed. Agreed. You know, and um you know, I think that the excitement that we are feeling from the players is something that we have not felt in quite some time. You know, right. uh, so uh the new energy that he's bringing in is going to be something that's really important because if you want to win, I think the other thing about a successful season is just a season in which he wins enough games to be able to recruit in twenty twenty two,
1: right?
2: You know, yeah, uh, I think I think his biggest recruiting tool will be what he accomplishes with this team. And JG, to your point, uh, you, you got to look competent while doing it, mm-hmm. so players can come in and say this guy's going to know what to do with my talent. You know, right. so you know, you know, if, if Tank leaves the SEC in rushing. The next running back will think this guy knows what to do with my talent. Right. If Bo takes the next step, then the next quarterback will think this guy knows what to do with my talent. Look what he did with with Bo that Gus could, you know. Right. Um. And so, you know, for all those reasons, you know, I want to see all these guys succeed. But, but I think that, that that that's what a successful season is definitely going to look like uh, for Harson in this first year. Um, he seems like a, he seems, he's, he's he's bringing a military style approach, but he right. also seems like he, he knows how to have a little fun with it as well too.
4: Yeah. And Derek, same way, man. Derek's got that military yeah. attitude about it. So they yeah. go, they go well together.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then, but then there's Bobo. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, I'm just not sure what that to make the of, of the uh, uh, right there.
2: Mike just yet. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think that he's an interesting fit in that group. Uh, when they have the coordinator meeting with the head coach, I'd love to be in that room to see see how Mike, old Mike fits in. Yeah, I've I, I seen a few people mention it in the comments about George Pickens apparently he had an ACL
3: tear. So definitely, uh, you know, uh, don't wish any ill will. Hopefully he has a speedy recovery. He's a talented wide receiver, uh, likely going to the league next year so.
1: JG, we want to thank you. Friend of the show for coming on again and and blessing yeah. us with your presence, your Excited. your your insight, your knowledge, your wisdom, everything you bring to the table, man. Bourbon, thank you, man. Just yeah, thank you for the blends, stuff. your gusto, of
4: personation. I like you. You paid a lot for that, to be fair.
2: But... I did, and I drove a long, <laughs> long way, but I got it.
4: But you got it, and I think that's a great bourbon to have if you're going to have is. just one. It's, yeah, it's yeah.
2: a very really nice one.
4: It'll I've got like, like fifty, but that's cool.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll last me a while. I'll still have this bottle when the, the, for the next time you come on the show ah. after spring practice is over. So,
4: hey, I love what you guys do. Love that you guys keep it real, no BS. I feel like we're on the same team as far as that goes. Yes, glad sir. to have, hey, glad to be here. Yeah. Thank you all for letting me have, let me come a second time. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have you yeah. back. Maybe yeah. after I a mean, day
1: gets here, we'll have to yeah. come back through.
4: Word. I'm on.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well guys, listen, you know what to do. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to us on YouTube. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at the War Report. You can also find us at TW Report on TikTok. We're signing off, but it's always War Eagle. War equal. War equal.